Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast. It is the end of week one of Wimbledon, Catherine Whitaker. I'm David Law, and I've been here for BBC Radio 5 Live. I've had the privilege to sit in a commentary box, watch tennis all week, and talk fast. That's all I've had to do, Catherine. And you, you, we're, as we sit here on the roof of Wimbledon, it's a broadcast centre here, I can see the studio in the distance where you've been spending most of your time sitting alongside Mats Volander. And if you don't believe me, go on the Tennis Book Tennis Podcast Facebook page and you'll see a picture of Catherine Whittaker alongside Mats Volander presenting live at Wimbledon's coverage. It's, it's crushingly de- disappointing for all you Tennis Podcast listeners to find out what we look like, though, isn't it? The mystique is very thoroughly shattered. Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, now, it is... Saturday evening, as we speak to you at the moment, the tennis hasn't actually finished yet. And as I look up, there's one dirty, great, big grey cloud above. And I hope we don't get rained on because we've got no cover up here at all. But it's nice to be able to report that there are 17 courts in action at the moment. It is, what, 20 past seven in the evening. We've had a very frustrating day here, haven't we? The first of the championships so far. Thank goodness we have a roof on centre court. So Rafael Nadal has managed to get through his match. Maria Sharapova is through. And Roger Federer just entering the final throws of his match. Two sets to love up. So we've had matches on centre court, but it has been a frustrating day elsewhere. Stanislas Wawrinka's match has been called off and cancelled until Monday. Same with John Isner and Feliciano Lopez. But loads of matches going on at the moment. But what is your highlight of week one be? Oh, crikey, you've thrown that at me out of the blue, the highlight of week one. Um, probably, uh, I very, I luckily, I haven't actually got to see that. I've seen snippets of tennis, but I haven't sat down and watched a whole match. But probably, very fortunately for me, the, the single match that I saw the most of was Dimitrov Dolgopolov, and I did absolutely love that. Talk about a purist's match. That was, it, it had a bit of everything. And I loved the narrative of, uh, Dimitrov would not have won that match a year ago. He def- certainly not two years ago or any time before that, but I really think even a year ago he would not have been coming through that. And uh, I loved, I loved the sort of serenity that I had in that the, towards the end of the fourth set. Of I just I knew he was going to win. I just knew that this was a new Grigor Dimitrov now, and he was definitely going to come through that, and he did. And- I hate to agree with you, um, obviously here on the tennis podcast, but you're right. I mean, it was fascinating. I have to say, during the first three sets. I didn't have that same level of confidence. All I kept thinking and saying to anybody who would listen, 
and most people were walking out of the room because they were sick of, me, sick of me talking about it. But my view was, this is the sort of match a champion wins. He's playing against Alex Dolgopolov, who was playing another sport at times. He was running around so quickly, just hitting waspish winners. I always think of Alex Dolgopolov as being the wasp of tennis. You know, the way he buzzes around and it's arms and legs everywhere and suddenly he can sting you with those incredible ground strokes. And the guy had hit 42 aces in the previous match. He hit 66 aces in the first seven sets of tennis that he played here at Wimbledon. So... Dimitrov was under under the thumb. He was really, really in trouble. He was being having all sorts of pressure put on him. He was two sets to one down. And a lot of players fold in that situation. Champions win. He won. Absolutely. It's the sort of match that inexperienced players lose as well because he's such a frustrating player, Dolgopolov. You could just imagine sort of a Dimitrov of two years ago just thinking, Oh my goodness, you know, I'm 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 a better player than this guy and I still can't win. You know how you know this is this is just very annoying. Um but he didn't he kept his cool completely and I think from every perspective you're absolutely right. It's the sort of match the champion wins. It's the sort of match Nadal has been winning all week. Um and uh, he's all his life, actually. well, all his life, but particularly that he's done it in every round this week so far. Interestingly enough, and so many people now um, just moving the conversation on a bit to Nadal. Suddenly, at the beginning of the week, no one was picking Nadal, but fascinatingly, now that he's had a few really ropey matches, everyone's picking him now. Everyone's saying those ropey matches make for a stronger Nadal in week two. You're all following me, Catherine Whitaker, because a week ago when we spoke, I said Roger Federer would win, and then I went on Twitter and I said, can I change my mind, please? Because, frankly, if Rafael Nadal manages to navigate those first few rounds, which he just about has, the guy is going to be a monster in week two. And can you really pick Roger Federer? to beat Rafael Nadal if they meet in the semi-finals, given the record? That is, it is a tough one, isn't it? That is, But I take your point, but I will not be changing my prediction because <laughs> uh, I have confidence in myself, unlike, uh, unlike somebody, someone of the other presenters of the tennis podcast. I am going to stick to my guns because I don't think it's really fair to, uh, to change prediction this late in the game. I don't care what's fair, I just care what's right. Now, I tell you what, we are in danger of getting very, very wet very, very soon because there are some angry clouds up above. And this reminds me of a few years ago, sitting on this very roof, the broadcast roof uh, at Wimbledon, where we can see in the distance court number one to our left, centre court to our right. And I remember a few years ago sitting up here, Helping, uh, I say helping, I was basically just passing notes to John McEnroe uh, as to who was calling in to his Six Love Six phone-in show. And we were sitting underneath uh, a canopy with uh, the most violent storm raging over us, electric storm, and everybody else had deserted the the broadcast roof, and there was just me, McEnroe, and lots of electronic equipment. (laughs) And do you know what? That was available on the red button on the BBC TV coverage, because I remember watching it, and I remember seeing John McEnroe, who was sort of pleasantly covered by a lovely umbrella. You'd never have known that he was uh, in the middle of a raging storm. storm. And then I could sort of see you in the background looking pretty wet and miserable, possibly even holding that 
umbrella over John McEnroe. Uh, so that's a very vivid image in my mind. I'm sure it is yours as well. Yeah, I've got a similar memory, and uh, it involves being very, very wet and very, very miserable. But anyway, the show must go on, and it will continue here on the Tennis Podcast, regardless of what the weather does. Elsewhere, Catherine Whittaker, we have matches going on at the moment with Serena Williams in a bit of trouble. One set all with Elise Cornet. And looking at your live scoring here, two games all in the third set. Well, by the time most people listen to this over middle Sunday, we'll know who's won. But who is going to win? I can hear an awful lot of cheering. I think it's because Cornet has got break point on the Williams serve. I think there's an awful lot of crowd support for Cornet uh, in court one and on the hill where I think they're watching. Um, goodness me. Well, uh, Serena Williams is always my... I'm so nervous now with making Serena Williams-based predictions, so I'm loath to do this. So you should be after last year. Well, I, I had you didn't need to rub it in there, David. I'd already referenced it myself. I'd got that out of the way. Um, what am I going to say here? Well, it's advantage Cornet on the Williams serve, so... Don't be ridiculous. Serena's going to win. Anyway, uh, what else have we got to talk about? Andy Murray is going to be playing Kevin Anderson uh, on Monday in the fourth round, which is the ultimate day in tennis, isn't it? All the last 16 matches are due to be played although that won't be the case because there's going to be at least a couple of matches that uh, are going to have to be played on Tuesday now because third round matches will have to be played on Monday can you see Kevin Anderson causing Andy Murray too many problems? I cannot see him causing him many problems at all, frankly. That's the sort of matchup that Andy Murray relishes for me. I don't, I just don't see his style of game. With all due respect to Kevin Anderson, his he he executes that style extremely well. But the one-dimensional style of game does not trouble Andy Murray. Certainly not Andy Murray in the form he's been in this week. And Murray is in the form of his life here at Wimbledon in terms of first weeks. I know he hasn't played players that he would expect to cause him too many trouble, too many problems but nine sets played nine sets won minimum of energy expended however you think Catherine Whittaker that he's going to lose to Grigor Dimitrov in the quarterfinals I know I've tied myself in all sorts of knots here because not only have I said that I've also said that I'm not allowed to change my predictions so I am what my hands are tied here that's all I can say but super apart from just to maybe say that I've been supremely impressed by Andy Murray this week yeah, I tell you, I think that that is going to go all the way. That is going to be the classic match of the tournament so far. If it happens, we assume it will. Anything can happen, of course, on Monday. There could be an injury. Goodness knows, let's hope not. But uh, anything can happen. They could, one of them, not be in good form. These things can happen, but I think both of them will be in good form. And I think Andy Murray's experience will just about tell. can't remember what I said last week, but that's what I'm saying now. Yeah, and, well, you stop throwing me the microphone. I can't say anything, can I? Because I've already nailed my colours to the mast. I am completely... uh, I am between a rock and a hard place with regards to this. But on the subject of Murray, this is a new Murray for me. To see him progress this serenely in a first week... I mean, usually at some point in the first week, he makes a little bit of... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Trouble for himself. Just a set here and there. Just, you know, lapses in concentration. He's been unbelievable. And to see him joking in the way he has been in some of the post-match interviews, it's a level of comfort and ease with himself, with the situation, with his surroundings that I've, I've not seen. Not even last year here. It, it's, it's a very new Andy Murray for me. It does make a difference that he's won this thing, doesn't it? I mean, I, I think Amelie Maresmo is a good influence on him. I think she's completed the jigsaw in terms of his comfort level uh, at tennis tournaments. But He's won the thing. He's nothing more to prove. All he has to do now is look forward and try to win more and enjoy the process. And I think he's enjoying the process probably more than he ever has before. Novak Djokovic, Catherine, in the top half of the draw, up against Joe Wilfred Songa, winner to meet either Jeremy Shardy or Marin Cilic, who knocked out Thomas Burdich in the middle of the night last night. Uh, it, it was the longest, uh, latest finish in Wimbledon history outdoors without uh, the roof and the floodlights. Djokovic took a heavy fall, didn't he, yesterday? And he hasn't looked quite as convincing as maybe he has in the past. Do you think he is in any danger of not making the semi-finals? I think Chilich has a chance. Yeah, I do. I think if he meets Chilich, I uh, I think Chilich would have a real chance there. Um, I, he says his he says his shoulder or his arm. I think it was shoulder actually that was affected by that fall. Isn't a worry. He says he's had an ultrasound. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily expect him to admit to any lasting issue if 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 that was there, because you know that's giving a certain amount to your opponent. But um, but yeah, he certainly. I mean, in contrast to Murray, who I was saying is somebody who does cause a bit of trouble for himself in week one. Djokovic is the opposite. He's usually just racing through week one with consummate ease, and it hasn't been the case for him this week. Well, he's faced. Ranek Stepanek, the man that beat Murray at Queen's, hasn't he? And it was, uh, well, it was very close, wasn't it? Managed to just eke it out in four sets. Catherine, have a look at your live scoring because there's lots of cheering going on over on court one. I want to know what's happening between Serena Williams and Elise Cornet. Oh, my word, Elise Cornet's got the break of serve, 3-2. And do you know what? I have been hearing some insider comments that Serena is, is well, just... Just a bit off the boil this week. Not necessarily on the court, but just sort of in terms of her mental state, just a little bit, I don't know, elsewhere, distracted, whatever it might be, just doesn't quite seem herself. Eugenie Bouchard will place play the winner, and she's looked in superb form so far. Uh, lower down the draw, Maria Sharapova's perhaps in the form of the tournament in terms of players that are playing well. Her and Bouchard, actually, but I would say... Maria Sharapova is just barely losing games at the moment. She looks sensational. I really feel for her that 
that she's potentially got Serena in the quarters because I think she would beat anybody else in the draw in this form. But unfortunately, you just can't pick her to beat Serena because of that. You can't pick her to beat someone she hasn't beaten in ten years. I'm not saying it's physically impossible. I'm just saying you couldn't you couldn't pick that. So uh, Catherine, it's four two between Elise Cornet and Serena me Williams. Of your prediction there. Just remind me. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was something to do with Serena Williams winning the title, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, we don't need to think about that. Uh, what else is to look forward to in the bottom half of the draw? Cracking match between Petra Kvitova and Venus Williams, wasn't there? A couple of days ago, 5-7, 7-6, 7-5 to Kvitova. That bottom half of the draw, uh, Teresa Smitkova against Lucy Safarova, Ekaterina Makarova against Agnieszka Radvanska, Kvitova against Shwe- Peng Shui, and Caroline Wozniacki against Barbara zalavova Stritzova. Who's going to come through all that lot? Into the final. Well, um, it's, it's an opportunity for someone, isn't it? Because there's a lot of lesser-known names there. I'm delighted to see Lucy Saffer over there because a more delightful person you could not meet. And she's such a, a workhorse and such an under-recognised player, I think, because she has... She's been through peaks and troughs, but she peaks and troughs rather. But she's been there or thereabouts for a hell of a long time now, and she's just delightful off the court and uh, and an absolute professional on the court. So I'm really pleased for her that she's having such a good year. Uh, I and uh, to see herself against uh, Teresa Smitkova in the fourth round, she probably <laughs> fancies her chances there. So um, I see it being Safarova Radvanska and Kvitova Wozniacki. Um, and from those two, I'd go for Kvitova and maybe even Safarova. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. That's what I'm going for. Off the top of my head, that's what I'm going for. OK, you heard it here first on the Tennis Podcast. Catherine Whittaker nailing her colours to the mast. I am going to go for uh, also Petra Kvitova, I think, just about to come through the whole of that half the draw and reach the final and she is how's Serena getting on let's have a look at the live score live here on the tennis podcast except that anybody who's listening to it tomorrow is it's kind of irrelevant uh once at all 4-2 for Cornet and uh, 15-30 on the Serena Williams serve something isn't quite right about Serena Williams. Or am I taking it away from Elise Cornet? That's really difficult, isn't it? Because every time a champion like that loses, not just Serena or is losing, one assumes there has to be something wrong. How, no, no, hold on a minute. If you go back a year, she lost to Sloane Stephens at the Australian Open. She lost to Sabina Lizicki this time last year in the quarterfinals. She lost at the Australian Open. She lost at the French Open. Come on, there must be something going on. She's not playing as well as she normally does. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, no, something going on in that she's not playing her best, but that doesn't mean that I thought... Sorry, David, I thought you were implying that she might be injured in some way or, or feeling off colour. Oh, it's entirely possible, but Elise Cornet is in the form of her life, let's not forget. French number one, and maybe she's just... It, I, uh, I did her post-match press on the eve of the French Open, and she was just delighted to be the French number one. She was really... That mantle for her was something that was a real honour and something that she could almost feel herself filling those shoes. So maybe she just feels a bit empowered out there and is ready to to step up a gear we don't know because we're not actually watching the match we're just watching a set of numbers on a school board so we basically don't know what's going on out there but it looks very exciting doesn't it 
And we can hear lots of noise coming from court one in the distance. The crowd getting very, very excited. And why wouldn't they? Because Elise Cornet is about to serve for the match at 5-2 in the third set. How about that? Crikey. That, I tell you what, that would be an upset. That really would be an upset. Certainly would. Elsewhere, court six. Two sets to love for Tommy Robredo over Jerzy Janowicz. He's going to have to do it again and come back from two sets down the way he did against Hewitt in the previous round. Kane Ishikuri, one set all with Simone Bolelli. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. You'll probably know all the results by the time you hear this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Anyway, that's what we're getting excited about here on the show. And I don't know whether... I've upset anybody, Catherine, but we're the only two people left up here on the roof at the moment. It is in nearing 8 o'clock at night. Maybe everybody's watching tennis because there's 17 courts in action. It is exciting to be here at Wimbledon. And my word, we have the Roger Federer of week twos to look forward to, don't we? I love that expression. That's fantastic. The Roger Federer of week two. Oh, we do. Sometimes, I'm not actually, I think this week has been the perfect mix of the seeds getting through and setting yourself up for a blockbuster week two, but also a couple of upsets in there. I think it is setting itself up for, yeah, an all-time great Wimbledon. And you're still going for Federer to win the title? Yes, because I don't believe in changing one's predictions. So, yes, I am. And who did I go for in the women's? I went for Sharapova, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, now that Serena's potentially heading out, I'm feeling pretty darn good about that. I'm sticking with Sharapova from my pre-event prediction as well, and I'm going to go for Nadal, uh, who I also said a week ago. Didn't I? You did. No, what? No, hang on, I almost fell for that. Absolutely not, David, no. (laughs) Absolutely right. I didn't say that at all. I said Serena Williams and Roger Federer, and I've changed my mind to Nadal and Sharapova. But uh, that's because I'm sneaky, and uh, that's all there is to it. Listen, hope you... uh, I'll tell you why it is. It's because we haven't set official ground rules with regards to these predictions. I think that's something we need to look at. Right, Okay. Well, you work on that. And I'll wait for that to come through and rubber stamp it. Uh, but here on the Tennis Podcast, we've been talking tennis. Catherine Whitaker and myself, David Law, hope you all have a good middle Sunday. Isn't middle Sunday fantastic? If you've, if you've been working all week, we get a day off tomorrow. I know. Everybody at home is probably wishing they could settle down to watch some tennis on Sunday. But I can't tell you how delighted I am that there is no tennis on tomorrow. You're going to play? No, I'm going to be in bed pretty much all day. (laughs) Right, Okay. Uh, A little insight uh, here on the tennis podcast that you weren't expecting. We will be back, I would guess, probably post-event, won't we? Maybe we'll fit one in pre-final. I don't know, but we'll see how it goes. We'll try. We're busy people, but, you know, we don't want to let the fans down. Yeah, fans, right. Okay. well, thanks for listening to the tennis podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Enjoy week two. It's Wimbledon. Doesn't get better than this. See you soon. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 